For over 45 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green will give you the kind of person-to-person help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome, listeners, to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary, located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro, and we do try to bring you a lot of really good information all about you and your health. Now, the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. And this is a reminder that Village Green has updated the favorite best shows list on their website. Check out your favorite subjects. Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via their website and the store on Cedar Lane. They can give advice in both places. They carry a superior line of supplements from many manufacturers, including their own Pathway products. Now, this is exciting news. I'm thrilled with this news. Village Green's nutrition advisors have an exciting new tool to use, and it's called Natural Medicine's Comprehensive Database. And it is considered the most authoritative resource available. It provides unbiased scientific information on dietary supplements, natural medicines, and complementary alternative and integrative therapies. This is something we've needed for a long time. And some of the key features include their ability to check for drug-nutrient interactions, nutrient depletions, and safety during pregnancy and lactation. And in addition, the database has over 1,200 food, herb, and supplement monographs, which includes effectiveness, dosage, administration, adverse effects, and warnings with medications. This is something I've done manually for years, and the databases just have not been that good. So we're excited about that. Now, it's a reminder we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., so join us next Sunday for Kevin's discussion on nutrition. Now, I wanted to talk to you about our, our guest today. We have Dr. Stephanie Cheney, and she goes by Dr. Steph. She graduated from the University of Ottawa with a B.S. in kinesiology and attended the New York Chiropractic College, received her Doctor of Chiropractic degree with honors, and Dr. Cheney has been practicing chiropractic in Maryland since 2001. She joined Living Health Chiropractic and Functional Medicine in 2003 and is the Senior Clinic Director of the Functional Medicine Practice. And she became a distinguished fellow of the International Chiropractic Association and is a practitioner of chiropractic biophysics. She was awarded in 2007 the Chiropractor of the Year. So welcome to the show, Dr. Steph. Thank you for having me, Dana. Yes. And our subject today is type 2 diabetes. But I'd like you to talk a little bit about your practice and your partnership with Dr. Tom Cheney. Yeah, we uh, started as a uh, chiropractic office in 2001, um, joined forces in 2002, and 
You know, our chiropractic patients uh, were doing well with our therapy, but over time we were seeing medication lists grow and grow, and we were seeing the general overall health and well-being of our patients decline. Uh, and so we started looking for other things to incorporate into their wellness programs, and functional medicine became a big um, factor, nutrition, um, diet, lifestyle, supplement therapies. And that has now also evolved again. So about three um, years ago, we fully integrated with um, medical staff and became Living Health Integrative Medicine. And so now we have chiropractic, physical therapy. We have a, an in-house lab, so we do lots of functional testing for our patients. We do our functional medicine, diabetes reversal, um, autoimmune remission programs, and we've got our nurse practitioner and medical doctor um, assisting with uh, some natural medical or more, you know, less invasive medical therapies for our patients. Um, such as hyaluronic acid injections into joints and things like that. So we are just slowly growing and expanding and bringing in more and more therapies that we feel benefit um, our patients as a whole. Well, that's a good way to do it. Um, yeah. It's not easy to do. I term uh, <laughs> getting alternative complementary functional medicine people together is like herding cats. Because yeah. <laughs> they are out-of-the-box thinkers, and uh, it, it's a challenge. I, I certainly was a partner in three alternative medicine practices, complementary medicine, mm -hmm. and ultimately functional medicine. That's my favorite term, and I'm glad you yeah. use it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's what's important uh, for the patient to... Yep. And it, it's also important, and I know you know this, I'm sort of pointing this out for our listeners, that when you are in a group of diverse practitioners, you learn a lot, mm -hmm. And as opposed to when you work singularly. And I'm, tell us a little bit about what, if you're finding that's true. Absolutely. It's like your whole universe expands um, as far as what's out there um, in terms of treatment and therapy options, you know, and where to go. So there's, because we've integrated with um, medical staff um, and we're able to offer more things on a medical side to our, our patient base, you know, that's forced us as owners to look at what else is out there um, as far as anti-aging medicine, as far as, you know, stem cell therapy. And there's, there's so many things that we're looking into bringing into the practice um, because there's a lot happening in conventional medicine as far as um, you know, more natural, uh, um, you know, uh, lifestyle changes and therapies that we can bring in. So we're always learning. The, the field of functional medicine is always changing and always developing as more and more research comes out and we get validated more and more by research as far as what we're doing. Um, as lab testing evolves, we're finding that we're able to help people hone in on various things a lot more specifically. So in the world of lab testing, you know, there's always something going on somewhere. And uh, it's exciting, and it never gets boring. <laughs> well, it's good to hear. I've been in this field more than 45 years, and I've said this before, and I like to remind people that in Maryland, in the 70s, if a doctor advised uh, patients to consume a healthy, high-vegetable-based diet for the prevention of heart disease and cancer, they would be called before the board for the practice of quackery. And wow. it is why all of us opened in D.C. Uh, not because D.C. was so open, but uh, to be honest, the board was just 
not that organized and I guess not that particular about restricting this practice yeah. of, of nutritional medicine, medical nutrition incorporated. And uh, those of you who have come later uh, need to thank those of us who came early because mm-hmm. every practitioner that I worked for were fine people, but they all served some time before the board challenging uh, using nutrients even. The use of nutrients, even though we had tests, we were doing homocysteines about 40 years ago. And now, of course, everybody understands the word, right? And, and yeah. people, people are knowledgeable. And we were doing uh, testing that was gold standard. It was just not understood in the medical community. It yeah. was understood uh, by nutritional biochemists. But there wasn't a conversation going on between the nutritional biochemists and the medical field. Well, the irony now is that those of us who are not medical doctors but who practice in the more holistic venue, the naturopaths, the chiropractors, and the acupuncturists, nutritionists, we are now more prone in the state of Maryland to be brought before the Board of Physicians for practicing medicine without a license. That's <laughs> the irony of it. <laughs> you know, it, it is. And uh, one of the partners I had in uh, the complementary functional medicine uh, practice uh, was disgusted with medicine, and he said, I was on my way out and tripped over a chiropractor and an osteopath, and it changed my life. Yeah. Uh, and he he took a lot of courses uh, and a lot of instruction, and it just opened his world up. But I always think that person has to be open to begin with. I'm not yep. so sure someone else opens it up. It's that that person has a little crack in the door, and they're willing to hear and question and listen. Uh, so... Yeah. Anyway, you, you make a good point, and yeah. uh, so hopefully, hopefully, uh, that's going to change. I'm familiar with a group of attorneys who have put together uh, information and gone before boards, challenging boards as to who, what experts they use when they address somebody who comes before the board in nutrition, uh, nutritional medicine, in many kinds of therapies, the treatment of autism is another one. Uh, the boards are not uh, always privy to that kind of information. So it's preempting, you know, basically saying before you make a mistake, here's the evidence. And you might yep. want to think twice about going after people who are leaders and, ba- and using uh, evidence-based medicine, right? Yes, exactly. It. And part of using and saying that you're utilizing evidence-based medicine is not just, you know, what's been proven in the research, but what are you proving in your clinical setting? And uh, so, you know, we're doing a lot of things that haven't even come out in research yet, but we're getting great results, and we can back it up with the actual data. So you can't argue with numbers. (laughs) No, you can't. And years ago I was talking to someone who was a personality on the radio and very anti-nutrition, And I had a personal conversation, and I said, you can't tell me. I don't see what I'm seeing. Uh, We do a test. I gave an example of B6. We test for P5P. The patient has symptoms of B6 deficiency. We give B6. We retest. The patient feels better, and the test shows they've improved. What 
are we not doing? And he just right. had no idea and that that was And the same thing goes possible. for diabetes. You know, I get, uh, we get told time and time again, and our patients get told time and time again by their, you know, medical practitioners that uh, you cannot reverse type 2 diabetes and you cannot go into remission if you have an autoimmune disease. And yet, you know, <laughs> yesterday a patient I'm working with for the past six months is completely psoriasis-free for the first time in 15 years. And um, that's par for the course for what we can do in the office. And, you know, we can get someone's sugars from the 200 300s range in the first month down into the normal range. So Excellent. you can't argue with a glucometer. You can't argue with the hemoglobin A1C coming from a standard LabCorp Quest lab test coming down. <laughs> yes, and and good for you. And they seem like miracles to other people, but we think it's par for the course. I know. We can almost take it for granted. In fact, the patient I'm referring to with the psoriasis, he said, he emailed me and he said, is this a medical miracle? And I said, <laughs> well, in the conventional system, it would probably be a, you know, a medical miracle. But in our office, it's sort of an everyday thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is exciting. Isn't it wonderful yeah. to yeah. to be there? I, yeah. you know, I'm, I get to, I said to somebody, they said, aren't you going to retire? I said, why? I get I to participate in so-called <laughs> miracles all the time. <laughs> yeah, when you like your job and love what you do and you affect such a good change, then there's yeah. no point in retiring. Yeah, I'm not sure there's a golf course I'm supposed to be on that's better than what I'm doing. So we're going to carry on this conversation in the next segment. And for those who have just joined us, you're listening to Dr. Stephanie Cheney, and we're going to be talking about type 2 diabetes. You're going to like the message that Steph has, Dr. Steph, as she likes to be called. And I want to remind you that we're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us. We will be right back after this break. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. 7 Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Are you under a lot of stress at work? Pressure from the boss, budget cuts, impossible workloads? It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary has everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. A wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 45 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. 
Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Old Man Winter is on the way, but you can weather the storm by taking advantage of Village Green Apothecary's year-end sale. This year, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary with big savings. From now until the end of the year, you can save 35% off Pathway Nutrition products, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Stock up on supplements to help fight colds and flu, and pick up some healthy living gifts for your friends and family, too. Visit Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, or online at myvillagegreen.com, or call us at 301-530-0800. Our big year-end sale will blow you away. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living here on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I do alternate the show with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Passaro. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Now, our guest today is Dr. Stephanie Cheney, who likes to be called Dr. Steph, and our subject is type 2 diabetes. So, uh, Dr. Steph, talk to us a little bit more about the different kinds of diabetes and then we'll spin off on type 2 diabetes and uh, what you can tell our listeners that they may not even know. Sure. So, um, you know, most people are familiar with the um, older terms like juvenile diabetes and adult onset diabetes. Um, and we've sort of upgraded them in, in the past few years to type 1, type 2, um, and there's even one called type 1.5. Um, and uh, so I'll get into describing the difference between those three. Basically, um, you can be a diabetic, generally speaking, for a couple different reasons. One, your pancreas, for, for whatever reason, is no longer producing insulin. That is more common in the childhood population, but we're seeing it more and more in the adult population as more adults are becoming autoimmune, and their immune systems, for various reasons and triggers, can start to attack and destroy the pancreas. If you lose the ability to secrete insulin, then you will become what is known as insulin-dependent, and that is more along the lines of a type 1 diabetic. Um, Type 2 diabetes has to do more with insulin receptor issues and sugar overload. So insulin is being produced, and insulin is the key that unlocks the cell membrane to allow the uptake of nutrients, proteins, minerals, um, and, and, of course, sugar. And so if your cells are no longer able to maintain healthy insulin receptors or if they're being shut down or damaged, um, then your cells don't listen to insulin. So you're producing insulin, you're making it, your pancreas is producing it, but you're just not taking um, uh, cues from the insulin to uptake those nutrients. And so that's called type 2 diabetes. Later in life, we can see combinations in people where maybe they started off as an insulin-resistant type 2 diabetic, but through some, you know, uh, things that they've been exposed to, whether it's infections or chemicals or whatnot, 
um, and a bit of a genetic predisposition. They, they could have become also autoimmune to the pancreas, destroyed some of the pancreas, and now they can become what they call a, a type 1.5. So they're almost like a combination of insulin-resistant and um, becoming insulin-dependent. Uh, so there's, those are the, the, the general overview, if you will, of the different types of diabetes. Um, we see a lot of type 2 diabetics um, in, you know, the age range of 40 to 60 years old that think they are straight type 2 diabetics, but when we run the extra tests on them, uh, we find out that they're actually autoimmune and they may be actually destroying their pancreas and being a little bit of both. And it really plays into what we do therapeutically with that person, so it's important to be able to distinguish those two. You know, this is news, and this is why I love doing the show. I learn something new every time. And uh, how long has this concept, this phenomenon, been around? And I did want to say on the autoimmune component, years ago, and I'm speaking 30 or 40 years ago, there were uh, studies showing that in families that had autoimmunity, if you gave a child cow milk, they were more likely to develop type 1 uh, diabetes because of the immune attack that would be mounted against uh, the human insulin uh, based on cow milk exposure. And then there was an article, might have been 15 years ago, that validated that. Uh, so our advice as to avoiding cow milk products uh, in children until past two, maybe even longer than that, uh, was good. Um, I'm sure you you already know that, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and it's not just dairy. It's, it's actually gluten is one of the biggest triggers. Um, and, you know, with the on- onslaught of GMO foods and the extensive vaccine schedule, you know, in childhood, even the MMR vaccine, um, and I know that's a very controversial subject, but one of the potential effects or bad effects, side effects of the vaccine, and it's listed on, right on the insert, is, is diabetes. And so anything that can trigger your immune system to flare up um, in, a, in an unhealthy way and start to wrongly target your tissues. But we find the biggest culprits diet-wise for Possibly the triggering, but definitely the gas on the fire that keeps the cycle going um, is dairy, uh, gluten, soy, and and egg. Um, and a lot of people are, you know, doing the egg white diets and whatnot, trying to lose weight, and they're actually flaring themselves up in some cases. So um, there's food triggers, there's chemical triggers, there's infection triggers. There's so many different things that can go into to setting off an immune system um, to become autoimmune. And I've assumed that a lot of those individuals have gene variants that predispose them now that we're learning more about gene variants. Yeah, there is a hereditary underpinning of, you know, a a predisposition to the potential. But remember, with genes, it's always a potential. It's not an absolute. And so we all have the potential genetically, really, because we have genes to become autoimmune, you're, you're just more susceptible, I think, um, to becoming autoimmune if there's an extensive autoimmune history. But we're, we're finding it such an epidemic in this country that pretty soon we're all going to be genetically predisposed to autoimmunity because of, of, you know, environmentally what we're being exposed to. Well, I agree with that. It's uh, no human, human history. It's in the last 200 years 
that we've been exposed to. Now we have, what, 84,000 man-made chemicals, none yeah. before. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> nobody, we really don't know the long-term effects yet. We're just well, starting yeah. to <laughs> see it. We're starting to see it, I think. And, you know, as a, as a child, I actually, um, at the age of 9 or 10, developed uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and mm. psoriasis and spent most of my childhood um, dealing with these you know, horribly debilitating <laughs> conditions. And uh, I was told by conventional system that, you know, you're going to be uh, disabled by the time you're in your 20s and, you, you know, you can't cure these and da-da-da-da. And, of course, we went outside the box. We went outside of conventional thinking. We um, found practitioners that do what we're doing now. And, and I've been in remission for 25 years. And so, um, you know, you can... Just as much as genes can be tripped off, you can also calm them down and yes. reset them if you provide the right environment. And so that's what we're doing with our patient base is trying to figure out what all the triggers are, especially if they're an autoimmune diabetic, um, you know, to keeping them in that flared-up state. You know, most of our diabetics that come in that we find out have autoimmune diabetes, they run in packs autoimmune diseases. So these, these patients also have psoriasis or eczema or celiac or Hashimoto's thyroiditis or, you know, the rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, there's multiples. People are walking around with multiple autoimmune diseases at the same time. So I don't even think it makes sense anymore to look at each autoimmune disease as a separate autoimmune disease. Precisely. It's a general dysregulation of the immune system. The body's on fire, and you have to figure out what all the triggers are for that person which is where our testing comes in, and then put the fire out. And well said. I see the tree of inflammation with branches, and autoimmunity is a branch with lots of little sub-branches. Right. And, uh, yeah, you are so accurate in this, and the tendency in medicine is to compartmentalize each diagnosed condition. as and each if body part. <laughs> Yeah, yes. It's like making a car. You know, one guy puts the door on and that's all he does and that's all that's important. And um, I know they tried to do this to make it efficient, but what they've done is just denied that one body part affects the other, one system affects the other. And they've actually made it very inefficient because now you have to be sent to 10 different specialists. And right hand doesn't know what left hand's doing, and there's so many chefs in the kitchen. And now we see that patients, on average in this country, have a medication list of 12 prescriptions, and they're sicker than they were when they started off. Well, you have hit a a, a pet peeve of mine. I do health advocating for family and friends, and I will show the doctor the list of medicines a patient's on. And I will ask about interferences that I've noted. And I cannot tell you how many times the doctor says, oh, I don't look at that. I didn't prescribe it. And I say, but you're treating this patient for the side effects of the interferences in two of those medications. I don't look at it. They don't step on each other's toes. Like they don't cross treat. They don't. Well, I'm a nutritionist, and I, I know you do the same thing. I can't treat yeah. people unless I know what medicines they're on because I, right. I don't want to interfere. And, of course, you also have to treat naturally um, and therapeutically for the deficiencies that the medication causes. So we also have to know exactly. <laughs> what medications people are on for, for that purpose as well. Yeah, it's an appalling view. And 
Uh, this conversation is just terrific. And for those of you who have just tuned in, I'm Dana Lake. I'm your host for the hour. You're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break with more interesting information from Dr. Stephanie Cheney. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MC. CTs. FitFood provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Put a little more jingle in your pocket by taking advantage of Village Green Apothecary's year-end sale. This year, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary with big savings. From now until the end of the year, you can save 35% off Pathway Nutrition products, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Give the gift of good health to the people you care about and stock up on healthy living essentials for yourself, too. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or on the web at myvillagegreen.com. Or just give us a jingle at 301-530-0800. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro, We're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Please join us next week for Kevin's discussion on nutrition. Now, our guest today is Dr. Stephanie Cheney, and we have been talking about type 2 diabetes. We've also talked about autoimmunity, and she gave an excellent uh, explanation of type 1, type 1.5, and type 2 diabetes. And let's talk about the medical treatments and 
what we can do naturally. So, uh, Stephanie, thank you for talking about this and keep the conversation going. Absolutely. So um, anyone can um, view the uh, conventional medical model flow chart for treatment for type 2 diabetes. If you go to the American Diabetic Association's website um, and you there's a practitioner tab on their website, and it's a huge document. It's like 500 pages long. But you can scroll down and actually see this beautiful little color flowchart, and that is the entire conventional standard of care. And so at the, the first line um, in being diagnosed, um, the recommendation is our diet lifestyle changes. Of course, um, all that a doctor has to do is document that they told you to go change your diet, lose weight, and exercise. Um, and send you out the door, and as long as they've told you to do that, they have implemented step one. <laughs> they don't have to tell you how, <laughs> and they generally don't. So uh, the first medical intervention usually for a type 2 diabetic is an oral pill. Uh, usually it's metformin, so about 80% of our patients come in on metformin. There's pros and cons to every prescription, as you know. Um, one of the problems with metformin is that research has shown that over time, long-term use of metformin accelerates brain degeneration and nerve degeneration, which means over time that can actually worsen the disease. Isn't um, that because of an antagonism to B12 as well? Exactly, yep. So homocysteine elevates um, at a, you know, very high amounts, and that causes uh, destructive inflammation to the brain and the cardiovascular system. So, uh, so the very medication they put you on in the beginning um, which may work to bring sugars down temporarily. Um, it's just a Band-Aid. So over time, you know, the disease will progress, and they'll generally up the dose of metformin until they've maxed out metformin, and then the, the flow chart will dictate, okay, so the next intervention would be metformin plus a second oral. And so this is where glipizide, glimipiride, some of those other ones will come into play. The next step down, if that doesn't work, which generally doesn't work, <laughs> over time it will continue to get worse is metformin and two orals, or metformin, the second oral, and an injectable. So you have your biatas and whatnot. <clears throat> the very last part of the flowchart, the last intervention or the last tool in the conventional toolbox is um, insulin. And unfortunately, the problem with insulin and a type 2 insulin-resistant diabetic is insulin um, worsens insulin resistance. And so once a type 2 diabetic gets put on insulin, they're just accelerating the, the progression, if you will, of the type 2 diabetes. You know, the doctor's telling them you've got to change your diet and lose weight, um, somehow inferring that losing weight reverses the disease or, you know, helps manage it. But the problem with insulin is it causes weight gain, it causes the fat storage, it, it causes you to hyperstore sugar into fat, and it worsens the insulin resistance over time. And so if a type 2 diabetic is on two oral medications plus insulin, um, what we commonly see if they're a, a pure type 2, not a type 1.5, is they'll, they, they come in to see us on this litany of medications, and their sugars are in the 2 to 300, their hemoglobin A1C, um, which is the, you know, the three-month marker that we're looking at as far as um, blood sugars go, is double digits, and they're injecting 90 units of insulin a day. <laughs> Whoa. So where do you go with a person like that, you know? So our approach you know, we talked about putting the fires out. We, we do a lot more extensive testing than what they get in the conventional system. The conventional system will test generally um, what they can medicate you for. So that's 
that's my viewpoint. That's what I see. So that they'll generally test hemoglobin A1C, your cholesterol, because you're going to be put on a statin medication. They'll te- test your kidney function. Um, at some point, you'll probably be put on a kidney protection, blood pressure type medication. Um, and then they'll check liver enzymes to make sure the statins aren't, you know, doing a number on your liver. Um, but that's about it. And it doesn't really tell you anything about why this person's diabetic and why the disease is getting worse. And so what we do is we, you know, run food intolerance panels. We, want, we, we run the nutrient um, uh, testing so we, you know, discover where their deficiencies are and what they are. Um, we look for infec- infections. A lot of people are walking around with systemic candida, bacterial infections, parasites, and those types of things will hyperdrive the immune system. And any, anything that causes the immune system to flare up will cause sugars to flare up, even if you're not autoimmune. And ultimately, it's because inflammation causes the hypersecretion of cortisol. Cortisol is your natural anti-inflammatory, but the problem with high levels of cortisol is that sugars go up. So we have to look at all of those things, and we run functional tests, and we, we really come up with what the profile of that particular person is and supplement them according to their deficiencies, treat them according to what they're dealing with medically as far as infections go, um, other chronic issues, things like that. And we, we create a, an individualized, customized treatment protocol for each patient that walks in the door. I mean, there's no two people on the same food list, diet, supplement, exercise, lifestyle recommendations. It's very individually catered to the person, which differs immensely to the little flow charts that you'll find in the conventional model, which apparently is the same for everyone. <laughs> so, this You really did a thorough job of lining this up. I'm very impressed. I had read recently that insulin can raise cortisol. Yes, and especially if you're intolerant to it. And when we think about that, we know that raising cortisol... Everyone knows this it increases glucose, yeah. um, and it's one of the major downsides of, of cortisol. So here we've got this anachronistic treatment approach that makes things worse. Yeah, so you have insulin um, elevating sugars. Some people are autoimmune to the insulin they're injecting, so they have antibodies against the insulin, which further perpetuates that cortisol cycle. And then you have insulin damaging insulin receptors, so you've got this whole litany of, you know, of a hopeless situation basically for that person, Um, you know, especially a type 2 diabetic once they're on insulin. Wow. And the only solution at that point is if your sugars are high, you want to try to get them below 120, 140 in the conventional system. So just keep injecting insulin until you get your numbers down. That never happens with a type 2 diabetic, never. And I'm... It's a conundrum to me that it's not understood. This is this is physiology, biochemistry. This is mm-hmm. not what a we difficult. All learned in school. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, not a difficult concept. So it's a little simplistic. It, it, what it reminds me of of years ago, if you had hypoglycemia, uh, glycemia, you were given sugar, and yeah. if you had hyper, you were told not to eat it without the understanding. <laughs> the giving yeah. of sugar was creating uh, impaired glucose control. So yeah. uh, it's not, it, it's too simplistic uh, is my feeling on this. Yeah, it's become a very uh, multifactorial disease. There's a lot of different things that could be contributing to the elevation of sugars. Um, 
and uh, but eight, you know, eighty percent of it. This is what I tell patients: eighty percent of your success at reversing the diabetes um, is is diet, and uh, and we we very successfully get hemoglobin A1C. You know, the normal range. I don't know if a lot of listeners know this, but hemoglobin A1C is a percentage of red blood cells damaged by blood sugar. You know, sugar in the blood sticks to things and it starts sticking to platelets and white blood cells and proteins and red blood cells. And so that's what that marker actually is. The reason why it's tested generally every three months is because it's, you know, you have a turnover of red blood cells every three months. So they kind of get a, a new picture of how everything's going that way. But within a matter of weeks, we'll see hemoglobin A1C come down into normal range. And for us, a, a diabetes reversal target is a a hemoglobin A1C of 6.0 or below on no medication. And that's what we're striving for with every patient. So we very successfully get patients off insulin, off the majority of their oral medications. You know, some of them have been diabetic for so long, they may need to stay on one medication. And, of course, we counter supplement to make sure that they're not, um, you know, getting dinged up by the deficiencies caused by whatever they need to stay on. But the goal is to minimize, reduce, or completely eliminate the need for prescription medications and get the body functioning optimally, which is the whole purpose of functional medicine. That is an excellent goal. I wondered what your own uh, goals in your practice Mm -hmm. were. Uh, We want to talk a little bit more about diet. Uh, We can start the conversation and then continue it. Uh, Give us a minute or so of an overview of diet, and we'll go into more at the next segment. Yeah, so we've created sort of a diet concept of, of really trying to alkalize the body, reduce the carbohydrate sugar load, um, and increase the nutrient um, load for what will help with healing of cells and tissues and insulin receptors. So it's basically my general concept is it's a, it's a high-fat, uh, moderate-protein, low-carbohydrate diet, um, very much in line with the paleo, um, you know, concept. So... Uh, in the beginning, we eliminate grains. We eliminate, um, obviously, all processed sugars and foods um, and sweeteners. Um, we do limit fruit because fruit is still a sugar. And while it is a natural food, um, when, you're tr- when your goal is to reverse diabetes, you've really got to, you know, kind of strip it down. Um, and we have people eat what we call Dr. Steph's plate roll which is, uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which is uh, a few ounces of, of meat protein depending on your body weight, um, and the rest of your plate is primarily vegetables, sticks and leaves. Um, you can have a little bit of starch vegetables. And then, of course, um, an abundance of good fats and oils. Um, and then your snacks would be more your nuts and um, potentially beans, if they're okay with beans, um, and fruit. So we set them up on a schedule. They're eating every few hours, and they're eating whole foods. They're cooking as much as possible from home prepping, planning. So they're really taught from the ground up how to cook, eat, plan, strategize, and we help them with that schedule. Well, I couldn't agree more with your your concepts, and I know you do individualize, and we'll talk more about that in the next segment. For those of you who have just joined us, we're, with, we're the Essentials of Healthy Living, and we're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. Please stay with us. We'll be right back after this break.
Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7. Available at Village Green Apothecary. If you have arthritis, everyday tasks can become a challenge. That's why more and more doctors are recommending Arthrobin, an all-natural medical food for the dietary management of osteoarthritis. It contains a combination of bioflavonoids, which work to reduce inflammation and joint deterioration, along with collagen peptides, which increase joint mobility, function, and repair. Arthrobin is not a drug and is virtually free of negative side effects. Look for Arthrobin by Designs for Health today. Available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to today's final segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary, located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Pissarro, and we try to bring you a lot of good information every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So join us next week for Kevin's discussion on nutrition at 10 a.m. Now, the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. And this is a reminder about Village Green's new exciting tool. It's called the Natural Medicines Comprehensive Database. And it's authoritative. It is documented. It's scientific. It's unbiased. And it, it presents information on dietary supplements, natural medicines, complementary alternative and integrative therapies, and what I love is that it gives drug-nutrient interactions, nutrient depletions, and safety during pregnancy and lactation. Very interesting, and you can get that through them. Uh, they have to access it for you. Uh, so we've been talking about type 2 diabetes with Dr. Stephanie Cheney. Uh, we've learned a lot about the 
traditional one size seems to fit all approach versus going with the body, changing diet, testing for nutrients, providing the right diet, uh, individualized based on reactions that people may have, looking at their autoimmunity, looking at infections, and individualizing that treatment, though there are some basic concepts, they are individualized. So let's keep this discussion. I'm interested in the nutrients. You talked about testing for nutritional deficiencies. What do you find to be commonly deficient? I think the biggest one across the board is vitamin D uh, deficiency. And uh, it still amazes me that so few people are getting tested for it. Um, and so blood levels of, you know, vitamin D, according to the lab ranges, generally should be between 40 and 100. And our target, based on what we see clinically and in the research, is trying to get the vitamin D up between 50 and 80. And I see people come in as low as 8. <laughs> and, and, and often they're not paid that much attention to. And thank you for the 50 to 80. That was my conclusion as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not that hard. I explained to people we're looking at optimums. So yeah. I feel very validated. Thank you. Yep. And, um, and we'll therapeutically dose that in, in the first couple of months until we get, get that up even a little bit higher than that. And then yes. we'll just drop down to where we kind of get them to plateau in an ideal range. Um, the, the next deficiencies I see very commonly are magnesium. And, you know, magnesium is an all-important nutrient to regulate blood pressure and muscle and heart function and bowel function and brain function and blood sugar <laughs> regulation. So it's one of those things that is very, very commonly across the board deficient. And I see that actually on just regular run-of-the-mill blood work. And it's very rarely tested again. I know. <laughs> it's not even included for some reason in a, com- you know, a complete metabolic panel. So, um, so magnesium is another one. The B vitamins, of course, so your typical, especially in relation to homocysteine, so um, methylfolate, B9, B6, B12. Um, but the Bs just in general straight across the board. You know, the cells are not working well, the body's fatigued, mitochondria is not making energy, and you need B vitamins across the board for all of that. So we see that very commonly. Uh, CoQ10, ubiquinol, comes up low a lot in our testing, and of course we have most of the diabetics we see are on a statin cholesterol-lowering medication, and we know that uh, there's a major tendency towards a deficiency in, in CoQ10 um, on those medications. So that's a pretty common one. And vitamin C uh, is also one that shows up very commonly deficient. And um, so those are the, I think those are the ones that most listeners would be familiar with. Um, there is an antioxidant that we test for as well called glutathione, which is a very, Good. very powerful antioxidant. And that routinely comes back low also um, at the onset of care. So, um, and that's one of the first things that we implement um, right across the board with everybody generally is glutathione, Excellent. vitamin D, omega-3s. Because um, if you're eating a traditional American diet, we even if we weren't able to test you for it, I know that you're low in omega-3 fatty acids. <laughs> so, I also um, uh, include chromium and zinc for their mm-hmm. effect on insulin, zinc being part yes. of the insulin molecule. Yeah, and we bring those in uh, no matter what the blood test says, yes. um, especially later when we're really targeting um, therapeutic doses for sugars. But as far as standard lab, just even run-of-the-mill, 
you know, blood work that anyone could go to any lab for. Those are the those that I listed are the biggest ones that we see pretty blatantly. Yes, it, it, it's and what a difference when the mm-hmm. the systems have what they need to function, and that's the reason that that in the traditional treatments they keep upping the meds, but the body doesn't have what it needs to to heal. Yeah, Me, to, the meds to aren't going to heal. Even the medications. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I'm I'm fascinated by uh, what a good job you're doing and how exciting it is that you're turning it around, I bet you have a couple stories of some real resistant diabetics who transformed. Yeah, we've had some pretty amazing, um, you know, reversals, people coming off, you know, 130 units of insulin, dropping 80 pounds, hemoglobin A1C. I think the highest hemoglobin A1C I ever saw come in here was with a, a patient who had autoimmune hepatitis as well as diabetes, and um, it was off the scale. It was over 16 was our hemoglobin A1C, and we got hers down to 6. Wow. Yeah, so, I don't think I've seen a 16. Uh, yeah, and I've never seen an over 16 on a lab before. It was not the <laughs> highest the lab could even measure. So. That That is so significant. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the feedback in the early years when we would have reversals, especially of psoriasis, mm-hmm. was the comment on the physician was, well, then it couldn't have been psoriasis. The diagnosis was wrong. Yeah. And I've heard that with diabetes. I've heard it with <laughs> heart disease, uh, that it's impossible that something as soft as diet and supplements can do the job. And I use that word because, uh, and I've been in medicine, I've been in dentistry, and I've been in nutrition, so I get to talk about them because yeah. I've, I've practiced there. And in the medical model, the traditional medical model, uh, it's just incomprehensible that these things can be reversed. Uh, but I must say, in all deference, to the medical community, they are opening up. Yeah, because again, that you 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 can't deny the numbers. Well, it's know? exciting, and I I do work with uh, with patients, doctors. I provide reports, mm-hmm. and I try to coordinate. And I found, in general, it's quite successful. Once in a while, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we used to get pushback all the time. But yeah. in the last 20 years, uh, the pushback is is a rarity now. Yeah, it's very rare that I hear um, from a patient that their doctor says they don't believe in supplements. I do hear that sometimes. Still. Yes. Um, I hear a lot that you can't reverse diabetes. I still hear that quite a bit. And then we always prove them wrong. And so they're pleasantly surprised, which is nice. <laughs> um, I have only heard once. In, in all our years of doing this, and it was more likely because a patient was transitioning from one doctor to a new doctor, and we had reversed his diabetes in that time period, and the new doctor said, well, if this is what your numbers are, then you weren't diabetic. Yes. yes. And so that, I've only heard that once. I was sort of stopped <laughs> in my tracks when I did hear it, but <laughs> we move on. <laughs> and uh, I have also heard, I've also had doctors call and say, I did not know 
that this could happen. Can you explain to me what you're doing? And had some really fruitful discussions. But again, that's because the mind is open to it. Right. You know, the, one of the biggest barriers to learning is thinking you know it all. Oh, yes. I met <laughs> like a neurologist I, who, yeah. <laughs> who said to me, I know everything about Lyme disease. And I said, I've been yeah. a nutritionist <laughs> for 50 years, and I can tell you I absolutely do not know everything. And I yeah. learn something all the time. And when a professional says that, Somebody should turn around and walk out the door. <laughs> I know. You've sunk yourself. I mean, what I've found in my years of practice, and it's been 15 years, is the more I learn, the more I realize I don't even know. <laughs> you know, it, 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 we all don't know everything. But knowing we don't know it is, is critical. When yeah. we think we know everything, we're dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. not knowing that you don't know is, is dangerous. Scary in professions. Yeah. Well, I, do you have a few tidbits summarized for our listeners, a takeaway that they can start as soon as the show is over? Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to work on this yourself, for, sh for sure you want to bring in, um, if you could just make 75% of what you eat vegetables, you're on target. If you cut out the sodas, diets, or otherwise, obviously, and all the sugary stuff, then you're, you're going to see some dramatic changes that way. Without even getting tested, uh, you know, people can experiment with food intolerances. Um, the four biggies that I said, egg, soy, dairy, and, and gluten, if you cut those out, and if you're cutting grains out, you're practically doing that anyways. Um, and if you in increase your water intake so that you can becoming, become a flowing river and not a stagnant pond, <laughs> the analogy <laughs> I always good. give the patients. Um, you know, if you were just to do that, that would be a big thing. And I would say, you know, we do it all at once with our patients because we spend a lot of time educating them. It can be a little overwhelming when you're working on your own. So if you just implemented one new change a week or one new change a month, something is better than nothing. That's a good wrap-up. And I want to thank you very much for being on the show. I hope to have you back. I enjoyed it, and I learned a lot. Thank you. Okay, listeners, I want to thank you, too, for joining us on the Essentials of Healthy Living here on 1500 AM. You can access this show or any of the previous shows through myvillagegreen.com. That's myvillagegreen.com. And remember that Village Green is your resource for information about supplements, diet advice, and now they can talk to you about interactions between meds, drugs, and, and nutrients and herbs. This is very exciting information. As our lives move forward, I am reminded that every day is a new day, every minute a new minute, giving us many opportunities to make positive health-enhancing choices. So please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take. It's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day. Did you know at Village Green we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements including herbs and homeopathic remedies plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our other big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle today and every day. 
At Village Green, we've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living products for over 45 years. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. 